Welcome back. These are your bookmarks. Here's where you left off. There are spoilers ahead for book two, Convergence. Today, we're talking about Craig Allenson's Convergence, Dragon Slayer, book two of the Convergence book series. If you haven't listened to book one yet, go back to, uh, you can go back anytime and listen to book one reviews before you go to book two. Like that, huh? <laughs> so we're talking about book two of, uh, of uh, Dragon Slayer here. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, like I mentioned in the last episode that uh, how the book was ended was almost like a cliffhanger. And let's just say book two did not disappoint connecting from how it ended in book one to book two. Don't you agree? They, they just picked up right where, I mean, he could have just started writing the next chapter. He literally just picked up where the last one left off and we just started right out. It's kind of funny though, because we had this discussion in the, the last episode that uh, if you want a good series, the world keeps moving on, gets getting bigger, bigger. And, and book two did not disappoint because it literally, like, like you said, it continues the, 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 the world building and the character and the characters being introduced and the story keeps progressing. And, uh, and, uh, it's kind of funny though, because when they, uh, when they closed down the portal, something came out, something said, hello, I'm here. And, uh, to be honest with you, when that happened, I was like, this is going to be very interesting. I can't wait to continue. A lot of things came out of book two and we had a couple other characters introduced. And since we sort of started off with character building in the last review, uh, we want to talk about our, our new knight and Ezric of Sussex. Not to be confused with the Sussexes. It's <laughs> but. Yeah, so this is actually very interesting because it's a, uh, it's a character thinking that, because uh, I'm, I'm not sure you had the same, the same, uh, the same feeling that when, uh, when he came in, I'm like, oh, cool, another one. This is going to be fun. There's going to be three of them. There's going to be three of them protecting Kaz, creating more havoc, more like cultural shock and all that stuff. But there was a twist. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny because I think if I'm going to be, and this is the first time I'm being critical. I wasn't really critical in book one, but book two, I'm being a little critical here where they, where they did him in way too early. It, it, he arrived. There was a lot of information we could have gotten out of him, whether they captured him or interrogated him or whatever. And they, you know, he spent a bunch, a bunch of chapters just having people chase him around, Kaz and the group just chasing him. And then they had their little epic fight scene and he's gone. And I I felt like it was too soon. You think it's too soon? I, I really um, do. I agree and disagree on that statement because when they introduced him, like the first I think he was in the story for the first four or five chapters. And there was a mystery of him. There was a, uh, there was a, there was a, they, they were questioning his motive already throughout the whole, when he was, he, he was in the book. And I was really hoping, when you say, when they killed the character, I was hoping they'll kill him later on and have him be like, I'm going to cost you guys grief. I'm going to twist all this out. I'm gonna prolong your misery. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna give you guys the wrong information. You know, those kind of things. But when they when they killed him, I was like, oh, okay. I I feel like I just scraped a gum out of my shoe. 
you know it's just like feel like it's not it feel like he's just a he's just a sub note a, a, like a I really didn't want him to feel like a filler. He seemed like a very cool character, even though he was a baddie. Okay. But I wanted him to meet up with the order, which is we're introduced in this, this book to what the group that has been chasing Kaz is called. And that is the order. And they are an, uh, a descendant of the Knights Templar. And this is a very secular group in history, which is a real group actually in history, which has a lot of controversy, but it seems it was a very easy choice for Craig to make because he could make a lot of assumptions out of it. Uh, but he's aligned with that group because he believes that wizards hoard their magic and he believes the old gods, which are these gods from the nether who are essentially mystical creatures that uh, Azib used to know mm-hmm. and are is terrified of, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, that they're... That, that these guys, they want them to come back to put wizards in check because they have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. But it brings up another point that I want to make that's very interesting. They must have their own wizards in the Knights Templar because how did he get forward in time? And it's something they never addressed in the book. Yeah. Again, I think we're going into the situation now that uh, it's a... uh, I think it's a choice by the author to say, yes, there is something about this character that uh, got into book two from the past to kill Kaz, right? But at the same time, if if he's coming from the past, the same thing would happen to, uh, to Macarius and Giselle. A wizard from their timeline brought them forward, not the other way around, right? He's near Macarius' timeline. He's close to his timeline. He's pretty close to the timeline, but yeah. at the same time, you have to look at, at that... If he came in from the past to the future, a person from the pa- future will not grab him from the past. You know what I mean? So if if it's like me saying, I want to I want to kill a wizard in my timeline. I'm gonna grab someone from the past. Does it make sense? No. If 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 I'm if I need to kill a person from the future, I'll bring a person from the past that I trust to kill the person in the future. It's a very Terminator-esque feel to it. Well, it was. And the harsh thing about it was he he seemed like a really interesting character. And that's part of the problem. I have a problem with him dying off so quickly. Because in the beginning, his fight scene with the constable in the field, you know, he gets shot with a taser, stands up, and just whirls around with his sword and cuts the <laughs> yeah, things off. Good. It was pretty badass. Yes. And yes. then, you know the officer is still freaked out even though he has a gun and the guy just has a sword and he runs off and he's not too sure what's going on he's trying but but here's my question how is he going besides having the potion sort of thing to do to find kaz and and deal with it and and what information does he have and when before he dies we get like two sentences well, the, if of information before he's knocked off. And I found it very lacking. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing though, because uh, as you said, the only information that, that Giselle and Makara, Makaria, well, Makaria, has is look for a wizard. He has the same instruction. Instead of save the wizard, his instruction is kill the wizard. Right? So his job is that. He found a wizard and he did his job, right? Unfortunately, he did this job too early in the book. Now he does not exist, 
right? Uh, and, and it's disappointing. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's very disappointing that they killed a character that has a, has a potential to create chaos in the storyline. You know, in a way, unlike other book, uh, unlike other books that I've read, there is a lot of characters happening in this book. All of our original cast from the original book is there. Uh, but we have a transfer of sort of screen time, book time to chapters in this book where um, Azib gets a lot of time on screen. So does Isabel and Mike. They get all kinds of, but poor Macarius and Giselle get very little. And I find that as we go through the book, there's sort of, side characters now where they were sort of primary characters in the first book and i kind of missed them in the second book a little bit i agree he it was a um it was a i felt like that the that the the three character or the new characters took over uh took over the um the comic relief the um the the, the stability of the storyline the the uh the support that uh, cast was getting to from book one book one they were literally doing it day by day hour by hour they're dealing with it but in book two it felt like there's more planning like the character's uh mission has more plan to it they were planning how to go here to the, i think the a lot of people might disagree with you on that as another example for the the moving aside of characters we had the introduction of mr boots which is an awesome name by the way but mr boots took over the role of sort of Duke role in the comic relief aspect. And even Duke gets put sort of in the background. That, that, that's what I'm in, saying. In a way, right? That, that's what I'm saying, that the, the, the new characters literally took over the, uh, uh, took over the main, uh, took over the characters from the last book, as in like the primary support characters, right? Supporting characters. And the characters from the last book, Macarius, um, Giselle, and Duke became a, uh, became a, uh, like a, like a, a filler. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I think I think that that's unfortunate because those three main characters in the first book, I understand you want to introduce new characters, but it felt like it was a very crowded book. And as in another example, when uh, when we brought in Mr. Boots and he was sort of going through that process of sort of giving additional information. In fact, I make the argument that he was even more relevant than Azib in this book in giving magical advice or magical input. Um, because we had <laughs> we had them chasing around a couple dragons for literally two-thirds of the book. Yes, they did introduce a dragon in this episode, uh, in this book, guys. And, and that's fine. Uh, but we had sort of, and again, we sort of come back to this in, in, in Craig's writing, where he sort of gives filler. And in, in this way, there was some chapters where they get into a book and they're doing sort of the homemaker thing. They're hanging around, they're making grilled cheeses, they're they're going to the store, they're flying the drones looking for the dragon. So it, we're it's, going it's, into this it's, now. Okay, it's, good. It's, it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse. And this goes on for about three chapters. Now, yeah, okay. go ahead, no, go on. Okay, this is, I, I think I meant, when we, okay, when we started this podcast, when we were planning the stage of this podcast, the first book we want to do is this uh, is convergence, and and I had a comment with you while we we're planning this uh, this podcast that that book two has this rinse and repeat section that the point that it was just too much, too much in a way that it was just I felt like I felt like it was Groundhog Day for over and over and over again. 
I feel like I feel like he just literally cut and paste the whole thing. And he tweaked it a bit. That's fine. No issues there. But at the same time, I got physically bored out of my mind. I, I think when we were discussing this before we did the review and before we th- talked about our thoughts, that was probably the only thing we really talked about for him. But the interesting part is that I like comedy in books and I, I mean, I don't mind it as much as you do. I can certainly understand if a criticism comes out about that because it, it seemed like it was filler and um, I don't generally like fillers in books because it really pushes the narrative back a lot. And I want to explore the universe more rather than putting filler in the book. And the problem with the filler is that it wasn't that it was filler. It was that it was the same thing for three chapters. Mm -hmm. And that was where it became problematic. And I wasn't sure why he would have made a choice to keep on repeating that. I tried to think about it and I tried to come up with a logical reason. And I thought maybe it was the futility of what they were trying to do. And maybe that was his point in it, but it was a lot of it. Yeah, I agree I, with you. you I, I, it, I agree. You actually made a comment. You actually made. Uh, you, you said something that actually re- resonated in my head. Now is like, if he wants to show that it is a repetitive thing that they have to do to look for a dragon that went through the portal, that's understandable. I have no problems with that. But the way it was written of 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 waking up in the morning. Do something during the day. Milk, uh, grilled cheese, look for food. Fire drones. Next day, they do the same thing over and over. But instead of, uh, instead of looking for food, they look for something else, right? It's, it's just the same action, 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 same action over and over again. If, if, if the author wants to do a, a timeline of boredness, just say it. Just like- I don't think that was intent. I think his intent was to build a family atmosphere. And so, as you said, there were tweaks during the chapters, you know, Giselle at her moment with Mr. Boots or, or, you know, Duke tore up the couch or, you know, Mike had a serious conversation with Kaz or they all went out to dinner together. There was these family building moments where I think he was trying to bring all the characters together in a cohesive way, which makes sense to me, but I think he could have done a lot quicker. I think in his mind, maybe he was he was trying to give each of them their own moment to bond, like the girls bonded, the dog, you know, Mr. Boots got stuck up a tree and, you know, stuff like yeah, that. I mean, the, all, the, all, the, of it was, all of it was funny those things, and interesting those, Yeah, to those me. things were fine. Yeah. I had no problems with any of that. Like, I wish he just conveyed time differently. Right? Remember, according to the book, this, this rinse and repeat thing is like weeks straight, right? And I felt like it was just, it was just, to be honest with you, I got bored. I come to the point that I got so bored that I was like, another one, another one. When are we stopping the cycle of like Groundhog Day, right? And um, when he changed, when he changed it in that step away from that Groundhog Day experience, it the book was fine again, right? And and for them, for him leaving that, I call it the Groundhog Day. Groundhog Week. As soon as he left that, everything was fine. Well, the funny thing is, is that the way we get out of that is by having these bunch of people, these obsessive people looking for the dragons and thinking it's alien conspiracies or government cover-ups or 
there's a subplot about these people and they're that's how they get out of the rut where they're sort of forced out of it rather than wanting to get it they have like their base camp which is this house they've rented and they're there they have all these resources now uh but there were things about the book that bugged me for example who is annie I mean, I they mentioned the it. I, th- I think that's the point, and, though. And I think it's it's a question I have from book one. We only got a name in book one. Annie is much more active in book two in doing all these things for them, getting the money, getting them houses, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it was a moment I was like, I kind of expected her to get introduced in book two. Right? I wanted her to be introduced, even if just an off character, Right? And we had um, the third night get killed, and we had Mr. Boots show up. So where is Annie in all this? Because that's going to expand the world, right? I, I, I think that's the purpose of us having Annie as a uh, as a name right now. Well, even that's, even I think that, I have no problems with that. But Mike won't even tell him the name. Of the, we know the name of the order, I but we the, don't know the name of his organization. And Mike keeps on going. It's not my call. It's Annie's call. And I'm like, well, then get Annie on the freaking phone and tell what the name of the darn organization is yeah i i annie's there to provide context of someone's in charge they're not going to introduce annie in my opinion until after book two if they do introduce annie annie's going to be a uh, a phone call i guarantee you right now i have the feeling it's going to be a phone call or video conferencing to annie and it's not going to be in person introduction to the rest of the group because they want to keep this Annie as a, a mysterious person because they already said that Annie has lived for hundreds of years now, right? So it, it, you get this feeling that Annie's just a um, one of those wizards that doesn't actually practice or he knows or something happened to her. Oh, you're, so, you're assuming here. We don't, we I'm have assuming, no idea. I am we 100% no assuming in this one because this is the part of this. This is, this is why Annie exists. Annie's existence to put a question mark on how, how this book is going to continue. So my question is, is um, his aunt and Annie connected? You think that the aunt was part of the organization? You open a can of worms here, and I agree with you. Yes, it is connected. I have this feeling it is incredibly connected. I guarantee you they're the same person. <laughs> it's impossible because his aunt I is know. dead. Well, <laughs> you know that? Was there a body? Yeah. The body was Yes, there? he saw the body book one. Yeah, I'm was sorry. That? Yeah. Okay. Did, yeah. If there is a body, it could be a, like a fake body. Like, oh, my God. If you want to go to conspiracy, yes, it is going to be. I have this feeling that they know each other or they're part of the same order or they were it's just, helping it, each other. It's her long lost sister. And that's why she runs the organization because she's going to avenge the aunt. Is that is that your theory? No, my theory is they work Oh, come together. on. That was a great theory. You don't, no, you don't like my theory? I don't like that because <laughs> Annie, Annie and, the, and the aunt are working together. Remember, if, 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 if my memory serves correctly, she's like hundreds of years old. Who? Annie. No. Yeah. You mean she's a hundred years? She's old. not like our age. She's a different timeline. She's she remember she remember Mike already said she's been she's been around for hundreds of years, right? I don't remember that from the book. Yeah, he's been she's been she's been around for hundreds of years, and well, uh, then she would have to be a wizard. There'd be no point around that. He can be living for hundreds of years, not being a wizard. Okay, we're getting really semantics here now, but <laughs> we really are getting semantics. But I think it's a good argument. Yeah, it's a good argument that uh, that we don't know who she is. We're spe- speculating, 
book three just came just came out while uh, in the middle of this recording. So we are going to continue reading this in the next uh, in the next episode. But uh, at the end of the day, um, we don't know who she is. She's around. We don't know what she. We knew, the only thing we know is she runs the organization. And Mike and Isabel gets her their direction from her. She's and they're sort of paramilitary, and they're yeah. not really the big thinkers. They're, they're sort of the military they're people. They're not thinkers. They're so, you more know, reactionary than, than, than anything else. Yeah, but sort of, you know, the motivation of Annie is a question. We know what the motivation of the order is. We know what that is. Right? So the motivation of the order is to is to create the convergence and bring it up because based on the, you know, the other night's comment, it's that wizards control too much power and they want to have a decentralized uh, back. And so these gods have to come back. So they have to know, open up the portal to let them through. This is the motivation there. But what is Annie's motivation? We don't know yet. See, that's, I, I, I just, I wish she would have given us something. No, in book I, two. I, I, I have, I have no problems keeping Annie a, a, a secretive, like, I, I don't mind giving that mystery of her. Like, I, I'm not ready yet to find out who she really is. Book three, book four, I better know who she is. Five, better be like having breakfast with her. That's okay, how good let much me I ask you a different question her. then. Which is a better comparison, Duke and Mr. Boots or Mr. Boots and Aziz in the context of the, the relevance of the character and how, how alike they are? Aziz is more flushed out as a character because they literally figure out who she flushed out in a way that uh, they know what he can he can and cannot do, what he does, his his emotions, his 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 uh, his appetite, and his, the guy is really hungry. And compared to the other characters like Mr. Boots, uh, Duke, and um, and and who's the other one? Duke, Mr. Boots, Aziz, and three. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, the other two, uh, Duke and Mr. Boots, I felt like they we know enough, but they're not, I feel like they're, they're only there, especially in book two, as a filler, but Azib is more same level as, as Mike and Isabel with Kaz. The reason why I'm saying that is like, like I mentioned before, last episode, that Azid is a subject matter expert as a, because he's a wizard. He expect Kaz, he's not a wizard. He's a jinn. Whatever magic. He knows the magic. <laughs> he knows magic. Sorry, he knows magic. He expect Kaz to know the same level of magic. That's why Azid is very frustrated that that the Kaz doesn't know magic, right? And he keeps asking Azid the same questions over or questions over and over again or asking questions to figure out what kind of magic this is. And his reply back is like, always say, you should know this because you are a wizard. Well, he's, he's, he's very arrogant about it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, if you're a subject matter expert and you're talking to another subject matter expert, right? If you're a subject matter expert you're talking to doesn't know a simple, simple thing that he's supposed to know, of course you're going to be arrogant and be like, hey, what are you doing? You should know, you should know this. Why are you asking me this question? You should know this is basic one on one, you know. I think I think I think that I think having that superiority complex talking to Cass it gives gives the uh, gives the illusion of like I'm better than you. I know more than you, but you should. Why why are you not treating me like? 
it's funny level I'm supposed to in, be. in book two, I felt like just there was a supplication of characters from one to the other. So, for example, Macarius and Giselle were replaced more from a narrative perspective by Mike and and uh, Isabel. And then, you know, Duke is replaced by Mr. Boots. Right. And then even even going as far as to say that there are other characters like the third night and so forth that took away from from even Annie going to explore that timeline or whatever. And my other issue I have in the book, which I had in the same issue from the first book is what is the deal with Mardok? He isn't even in the second book in the sense of having any sort of dialogue in the book in the second book. He's just sort of disappeared into the background. But if you went through the whole effort to inhabit a dog in the future to help or whatever that might be, um, and Mr. Boots is aware of this, and Azeeb is aware of this, and Azeeb still is a little weirded out by Mardok. Why didn't he have a role in the second book at all? I mean, I would have thought that now that the magic's being talked about and we're exploring the world, he would have had more input, as did Mr. Boots, who sort of replaced Mardok as the wizardly info, right? Mm-hmm. That's actually a very good question. Because I, I, in my opinion, I had this feeling that he's not going to show up until like book three or book four. Again, the reason why is this. They introduced, three main, uh, they introduced two main characters, two main characters at the end of book one, and they're more forefront in this book two. In book two, they introduced a new character, a cat, right? And he... The author, Greg, literally made this massive world in book, in, in, not in world, but he introduced so much character by the time you get to book two, in book two, that it's just, I don't know, I think, I get this feeling it's just a balancing act now, but I definitely want to know more about him as well, too, because he's, he is, he is the brains or he's the knowledge base of Duke. I mean, we're used to Craig's writing style where he does flush these things out, but I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who's just read these two books and is like, has the questions that I do, who the heck is Annie and why is Mardok not talking at all? Because I love having Duke talk about wanting bacon every five minutes. Um, and I love that, but I want to know more about Mardok. I mean, we know more about Macarius and Giselle in the sense of their timeline and where they're at and what their deal is than Mardok at all. No, I agree. I agree. Hopefully they'll, hopefully he'll fix that in book three, but for Annie, I have no issues where she stands right now, how she's being talked and how she's uh, being labeled and her story arc right now. I have no problems with it. I can't wait to know more about it. But at the same time, you see that, that mystery. So what was the, like the one point in the book where you were, you were like, yeah, this is a great moment. After they killed the dragon and everything, everything started. I felt like, I felt like that. I felt like, the rinse and repeat section when they're just waiting looking for the dragon. I felt like it was a down point in the book, but after that, the book started getting a, a better, a better and better when they start uh, when they start um, like maneuvering around the country, around around the Pennsylvania, New York area, and trying to figure out where to go next. They're 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 getting ready to battle out against the border. It felt the the journey of trying to get ready for that well they didn't really that's the other thing they didn't really have any battle with the order no no it it was never a thing in in the second book they're battling a dragon that took half the book to sort out yeah yeah yeah. 
and the other half of the book is getting ready for the battle, right? I mean, we learned about the order, which is great, and it's not that they're not in the book, but it it, it they're very much a subtle character in the book, and because they're supposed to be the main bad guy, and we killed off the third knight, and I'm sort of sitting here thinking, well, that was really early, and we're going through this, you know, as you say, Groundhog Day. It kind of dragged out at one point, right? That's why. That's why I mentioned before. Like I mentioned before, I felt I, I was bored. I was bored halfway to the book, and and I almost stopped reading it to be honest with you. But at the same time, I had to power through it because I, I had a I had a gut feeling that it's gonna pick up. So right? this is interesting. So what did you think about the ending? Just because I have my thoughts about it, but I want to hear what yours are first. Let me find the words. <laughs> um, I expected it. I expected how it ended, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm still trying to baffle my. I'm still trying to figure out if I it, like it. Or it not. was the, it was sort of the same thing as the first first one was it? in a way. It was it's like the same ending, yeah. Essentially, because there's a portal. Yes. It's it's already open. The order, the order is there. You know he wants to go and open this portal to send this dragon back through. So he's the one doing it. You know there's a big baddie that wants to come through. He's trying to fight the dragon. So he has more magical or wizardry powers now. Exactly, but, exactly. But in the end, it was still a portal at the end of the book. I was like but another here, portal. Here's the thing, though. Here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing, though, because you you actually nailed this in the last episode that. When is his magic become magic? Right? And you saw that at the end of book two that he controlled the portal properly. He knows how to deal with it. It's still sloppy about it, but he he's evolving as a wizard. Yeah, his right? magic's getting a little bit better. He went through that sort of as <laughs> the groundhog day, the training to mm -hmm. learn about his magic and train. Uh, in fact, we went through training sessions with the knights to learn how to drive, and so they can drive now. And went through all these, uh, you know, yeah. what I call homemaker kind of moments in the book, which was the majority of the second half. I think that's the you point, know. though, because it's. Uh, it, I understand the Groundhog Day situation. I understand that, but boards it was boring. Um, I understand how he ended it, and I know the the direction of like if you look at a character as a developing the character as a wizard, I understand that. But I agree with you one hundred percent that the ended book one with a portal, the ended book two with a portal. I can't wait how book three will end. Any guesses? I I hope that we move away from. I mean, I understand that something from the other side is going to want to come over. Like at the end of book two, we had the big giant god person trying to come through and so forth and so obviously a natural progression would be having one of these things come through and having them have to deal with it fine great wonderful my question actually goes back to the characters more so for me because there's so many characters involved in the book now and i like them all mm -hmm. and they have their little family and they even lived in a house but it's hard to get everybody to have enough screen time no he in the book he to do it too many characters, in my opinion, he just too much characters in in the first two books, and I felt like some of the key characters are drowning from how how he wrote the other characters. Um, 
but at the same time, I have this feeling that he's trying to build a world too fast, character-wise, and I felt like he, he, I just felt like he just, I don't know, I, I'm having trouble describing how I feel about this book. Like, I'm really, I'm, I can't wait to read book three, because I'm invested in it, because there are some key points that are good, some key points are bad, right? But at the same time, I'm kind of, like, conflicted that, okay, if book three is going to end the same way, and it's going to be written the same way, or this means book four is going to be the most boring thing ever. If book three is completely the opposite, then, like, there's a little bit more action. All the characters are more screen time. There's more conflicts. There's more res- there's more conflicts introduced that builds the, the whole thing. I can't wait for book four. Well, I want more twists. Like the fact that the knight was was a baddie didn't surprise me. I wasn't shocked by it. I was hoping that I'd get more screen time with the guy, you know, with the fact he's gone now. What I want is what Craig does well is world building, right? Mm-hmm. And he's very good at building characters. All of these characters have their unique quirks. He's very good at writing that out and making a unique character. Even though you can make the argument that Mr. Boots and Duke is basically the same character, except one's magical, one isn't. You could make that argument and I would understand it. But they 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 don't, you know, they didn't they work they they train all this time in book two and they get to the end and they're trying to get the dragon through the portal. And they're all over the place. They're not even together or working together. It's just Kaz there doing no, his thing. Yeah, it, it's, and, you know, they spend all the time in the book working to become a team, and they're not a team right now. Yeah, you, you're right, because uh, during the whole portal, bring the dragon to the portal thing, you had Isabelle and the knights in the separate trucks, and uh, separate vehicles, and you had Kaz and Mike and another knight in the separate vehicles, right? And they ended up meeting together in one location, but the biggest, the biggest thing that... Uh, that got me very excited is the, uh, the chase scene. That was the only thing that's like, oh, this is going to be fun. Right? When they were, uh, when the order's trying to chase Kaz and Mike on a truck with a dragon. That was the only thing that was like, oh, this is exciting. After that, I was like, oh, okay. Thank you for the uh, one chapter chase there. But, uh, well, really the last, the last chapter of the book is when that all takes place. Yeah. So really, we get sort of the, I'll say the word action of the book, really, in the last chapter. That's something that's really there. And it feels to me like sort of like a setup for the next book that this is a normal thing that that he does in his writing. But, you know, it's like it's just the setup for the next book again, because, the you know, if this is a setup for the next book. I hope I can't. The only comment I have here, Derek, is I can't wait for the next book to come. Uh, I can't wait to read the next book. I want to know what happens. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying regarding this book too. It's a nice filler book. I think a lot of people make the argument that you know a filler book is for like longer, further in a series. This is the like second book, book of a series, nine, right? Book seven, book eight, <laughs> book nine. That's a filler. This one, it felt like he. Okay, here's my here's my thoughts. Let me know if you agree with this. He introduced new characters. Love it. Great characters. He buried some characters from book one. Hated it. Don't like that. There was Groundhog Day for like three chapters. Don't like that. Whatever. But it was fun. It was this. There's, there's components in those chapters were very fun to read. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I never, yeah. I, I, unlike you, I was never bored with the book, but at one point I thought it's dragging out. And that was my only negative really, other than killing off the third night where I thought, oh man, you just sort of, I mean, it's not like Craig Allenson to just throw away characters. It's not no, like there's, he's, there's always a purpose to throwing a character. Yeah. If the characters are supposed to be thrown away and after that it's, and it's going to refer back to the future books, call me silly and call me wrong. Yeah, exactly. But if this continues to like book four, book five, book six, there's nothing to be introduced about this character because they killed him. I'd be like, well, that wasted my time. You know, it's interesting. I kind of want the third book to discuss the past and to talk about Giselle McCarthy's wizards and slowing it down and giving the backstory of that and giving me some sort of depth into the back history, even if Kaz is not really in the third book that much, I would prefer, and knowing who the heck Annie is, I mean, it's a thing for me. It's like a thing. <laughs> I, I think if, 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 if they do, if he does that, going back to the past, talk about the Knights and Annie, he has to be very, very careful. Say, okay, I'm going to the past to figure out this. He has to tie into the present. No, he, he does that with the characters. Like, sir, so for example, going through Giselle's training and Macarius's, you know, training and all that. And, and then and then talking about their rationale. Because all we know is that they've made a commitment to serve. And we do have some of their backstory, sure. But I would like to know about these wizards that sent them. You know, that's that's oh, sort of the, the, the backstory I want to know. I about, agree. Right? I agree. We should know more of that. But I, I don't see it. It should not be a full book. Or not even like a half a book. It should be at least, at least a a, a sit down like Cass sitting down to with Isabel, for example. No, sorry, uh, with Giselle, talking about what really happened. We we know something, right? We know that he his her father started to sell her off, got arranged marriage and all that stuff. But he ran she ran away. Blah 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 blah. We understand that, but like, it would be nice to know about the training more. Why her mistress? Send her back, and what is her actual duty? Was her her what's her what's her purpose in life? Like imagine if imagine if Annie is as you see hundreds of years old or a thousand years old, and knew or maybe Annie was one of these wizards that sent them forward. That would be kind of a great twist. I mean, I'm looking for some tie in here, which I do expect, and I, I have anticipation I, for it. I agree. I, I'm expecting that too. I'm hoping for that, but I don't see that's happening. I really don't. I really, really don't. I don't see Annie to show up. Well, because either Fine. he's holding Mardok and Annie back for a specific reason from a from a storyline perspective. Yeah, that's because it's genius. Fun. Because it's like you're, it's killing you. It's killing me. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. And maybe it's because he's flooded us with all these other characters, right? Maybe. Um, but I actually hope that he can flip the script back to the characters we were in book one and balance that out a bit with the screen time because. Uh, I, I I miss those characters a bit in book book two. I miss Duke. I mean, he was there, but they all were, but didn't really get the screen time that I wanted them to because they had, both of them had their moment, but yeah. it wasn't really pushed out there. In yeah, front of you. I agree. Well, there's surprises. Hopefully there's surprises in book three. Um, I can't wait for that one. Thank you for opening the book with us today. Please hit that subscribe button so you won't miss the next episode. We would love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. Email us at yourbookmarksinfo at gmail.com.